You say you want to scale the reach of your business, but there may be one place where you're a bottleneck and that is how you coach your clients. Welcome to the Next Level Influence Show. I'm Samantha Riley, host of the Influence by Design podcast. And I'm Melanie Benson, host of Amplify Your Success. And this is our weekly show for experts and business leaders who are influencing people's decisions to make a greater impact and shatter their revenue goals in the process. What got you here won't get you there. It's time to uncover the micro shifts required to take your income, influence, and impact to the next level. I'm Melanie Benson. And I'm Samantha Riley. And this is our weekly show for experts and business leaders who are influencing people's decisions to make a greater impact and shatter their revenue goals in the process. Welcome to the Next Level Influence Show. Now let's get started. So Sam, I'm so excited about this conversation because this was a real turning point for me. I know it's one thing to say, hey, I'm ready to develop a scalable coaching business. I'm ready to like reach more people and be able to, you know, do that group coaching thing. But Mm -hmm. being able to confidently make this transition is another thing. And so there's some stuff we're going to talk about today that's really going to help you successfully maybe not even just make the leap, maybe you already have, but something's kind of clunky about it. And it's like you're hitting some walls. And what are some of the like hidden barriers to really making this business model work and take you not just from six to seven, but even beyond seven figures. So love that we're going to talk about it. Yeah. There's a lot of people that get held up. Like you said, not just making the transition, but really leveling up and This is a topic I love to talk about because this really can have a really big impact on the growth and the scalability of your business. Mm, Yep. Agree. So maybe we should kick off with like, if you haven't yet made this leap and you're still maybe holding on to that one-to-one, how do you know it's time to start introducing like scalable, what I like to call leveraged programs? Mm. I think the biggest symptom is you're just running out of time. There's only so many hours in your day. There's nothing worse than getting up and knowing you've just got back-to-back one-on-one calls constantly. You've run out of time. You've got a ceiling on your income. You can't earn any more. That's what I would say, yeah. Yeah, and you haven't got any more time to spend on things like marketing, building your authority, you know, chatting with people for joint ventures, all of the other things that you need to do to grow your business. If you haven't got any time to do those, then that is definitely the biggest symptom. Mm, Yeah, I would agree. Well, I would love to know because you, I know that you did start your business in a one-to-one. What was it that made you make the transition? Mm. Well, So backstory, you know, back in 2000, when I started my coaching business, I was trained to deliver because I went through coach training school and they taught us to deliver one-to-one coaching. So that was the framework I learned. And Uh I started to do the calculations about a year in and I thought, wow, like I'm going to have to be seeing 45 clients a month. And that was back Mm -hmm. then with that pricing model. If I'm going to ever even break six figures. And I thought that's not sustainable. And that wasn't necessarily aligned with my values and my priorities. I wanted a business that gave me more time freedom. And so that was really my primary catalyst as I started looking around and researching. So how do people grow their revenue without working more in their business? And I started to 
see a lot of the people who were earning higher amounts of money having a greater impact mm-hmm. because look, if you're working one-to-one, your impact is only going to be as big as you can personally deliver a one-on-one coaching mm-hmm. session. And mm-hmm. that didn't set well with me either. And so I just started to look for what is the model that will allow me to get high six and seven figures of revenue, make a greater impact and continue to do the thing I loved. And that's where the group coaching, the leveraged coaching models were revealed to me. So Mm. I actually started one-to-one, but then I did like a pilot program and I just sent it out to some of the people I knew. And it was how to get out of overwhelm. (laughs) Nobody had overwhelm. right? Way back in 20, 2002, before everybody was talking about overwhelm. And like, I filled the course like so fast. It was crazy. And I thought, okay, this is going to work. And that's really how it kickstarted for me. Mm, I love that. So you were still coaching one-on-one clients and you launched something different. So you launched your group program separately. Yes. And you know what I I will unpack this more, but what I realized is what made that successful in every coaching group coaching program, or what we might even just call a system that I would teach people, it was all teaching them something tangible that had a kind of a a promise that something would be different. So it wasn't necessarily, Hey, we're just all going to get together and I'm going to coach you on whatever you want. There was something tangible that Mm, was mm -hmm. promised inside that program. Mm, I think that's a really important part right there. There was a promise for that program. It wasn't just, hey, move from one-on-one to come and do this group with no, you know, focus or no main objective. And I think that that's a really, really important piece right there. Yeah. I mean, today I do it a little bit differently. Well, I have both. Like I have tangible things. Like my guest expert system is tangible. There's a specific beginning and an end and a process, but then I have what we, you and I talk about hybrids, which I know this is something we should unpack is what does it mean to have a hybrid where you're doing some training and some coaching? Cause mm-hmm. tell us how you got started. Like you were in a yeah. completely different kind of business and what did you do? Yeah. So I came from the dance industry and from running my dance studio, it was just, you know, you start doing group classes. Okay. Just stick with me. There is a crossover here. There is, (laughs) I had group classes and then there were certain students that up-leveled and added one-on-one to their group classes. So to me, it just, to be honest, I didn't even think about it. To me, that was just what I knew I'd done for 20 years. So when I moved into coaching, I automatically just brought that same framework over. And this is what we call the hybrid in that we have these group programs. But if people want to up level, they can add that one-on-one component to it. So to me, that was just what I had always done. And then I just moved that straight over. Hmm. I love it. And so it's almost like you didn't have to break any bad patterns. (laughs) Because you just, that was the most logical way to build the business was just offer it in groups. So I love totally. that. I know a lot of people do start that way because that's, that was the model that they were trained on or that they first had in their line of sight, so to speak. Mm. So let's talk about making the transition. Mm-hmm. I think there's two kinds of transitions. One transition is you don't have any leveraged offerings yet, and you're still in a one-to-one or done-for-you model, and you're realizing mm-hmm. it is beyond time to start scaling 
your work in the world. And then I think there's another transition point that if we have time, we can get into, which is I'm doing this, but it's certainly not helping me scale. Like there's mm-hmm. a new set of problems. So maybe we'll talk about some scalability traps if we have time frame. Totally. Uh, Sam. So how did you, like, how do you guide people to make the transition from like one to one to group? Totally. So let me talk about one of the biggest roadblocks that people have let to set the context. Mm. So there's a lot of people that have one-on-one clients and they're afraid to make the transition for the reasons that they feel like they'll lose all their one-on-one clients or they don't know how to fill a group program. That is the objections that people come up with. Think about the one-on-one program that or the one-on-one clients that you already have and reach out to them and say, hey guys, from next week, I'm gonna add some like really solid value to your coaching. Now, not only do you have your one-on-one, but we also have group where you can get together and we can do the trainings. So what you're doing is taking the clients that you've already got, you move them into a group program that is still hybrid. So, because you know you don't wanna take away what they've already had. So in this way, it takes away the objection of, I'm too afraid to start a group coaching program because there's no one in it. That's what people say, but there's no one there. So I don't know how to make that transition. So just move all the people that you've already got straight into a group program, into a hybrid program, and then you don't have that objection of, but there's no one there. The very first client that you bring in, they're just already coming into a group of clients that you've already been working with. Yeah, that's actually what I did. (laughs) I was just about to say, how did you make the transition? (laughs) So let's just say, actually, there's two different things I've done. When I I went through a time where I just went back to keeping things really simple and I was doing a lot of one-on-one and I wanted to reintroduce groups. And so this is more my mastermind. I call it my inner circle. And I did that exact thing. So I moved them from all working individually with me. And I said, hey, look, I'm going to be bringing a mastermind together. I think you'd be perfect for it. Would you like to have that plus the one-on-one and the first, you know, a couple of years, like I gave them a special deal for being a, a private client who was rolling in and they loved it. Like they loved having me and the group. So that was how I did it. But the other thing I did, and this is one of the things I, I was mentioning earlier is from time to time, we'll offer some kind of specialty group. Mm-hmm. And this is a couple of things. One, it's a, it's a warm-up process, right? It's a way to give people an experience of coaching with me without the bigger commitment to a full coaching process. And we would have a specific beginning and end and, and we would work a specific process. So I did that on money mindset for a while. I did that on being at an overwhelm. I used to teach how to build a dream team. And now I teach that through being a guest expert on other people's podcasts and platforms. And the way to roll that out to avoid what you were talking about earlier, where people are like, I don't have enough clients is to do a pilot program. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to hear like how you do this differently, but the way I do it is I'll ask people, like, if I teach this, would you want to come through the training? Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. I'll let them know I'm opening the training. And that way I know I've got people who want to do it before I go and design it and build all the assets for it. And so I think, kind of starting a group is a great way to do it. I have a friend who launched one of the biggest marketing masterminds and, you know, he charges like 20 grand a year just to go to four events or three events a year, I think it is. Mm -hmm. And he did it where he literally reached out to every single friend he had and said, 
I'm going to have this kickoff program. Do you, you know, we're going to gather, do you guys want to come? And he like threw this huge party and talked about marketing and, you know, he's been full ever since. So that's more of like a mastermindy type launch that people would do. And again, mm. it was just kind of a really casual, like, hey, I'm going to have this party. <laughs> you know, I'm going to gather everybody. We're going to talk about marketing. We're going to have fun. You know, let me know if you want an invite. And I thought, ah, that was pretty solid. That was a great way to do mm. it. Mm. I love that. I think that what's coming up for me is there's two different ways for different ways that we put our coaching together. Mm-hmm. One, I would say, and you've mentioned it, is more that cohort where it's a definite beginning and a definite end, it's around a specific topic. And then there's your your monthly recurring revenue, your masterminds, your, you know, your inner circle, my experts collective. And my very first program was more around the monthly recurring revenue model. I went straight into group coaching in the monthly recurring revenue. And the way I did it is I had the idea and I just picked up the phone called some people, texted some people, sent out DMs and just said, hey, I've got this idea. I'm getting this on the ground. Would you like to come in as a founder member? Is this something that interests you or would you be interested in having more of a conversation? And within the first 12 hours, I had 10 people in there and I was like, right, we're off, we're going. And so that's how I did it. I just exactly the same way that your friend did it. I reached out to people and say, this is my idea. Is this something that would interest you? And I think that this is the easiest way to do it. You don't have a, I've got a six-week leading, I've got to do this full launch, I've got to do all these fancy things. I didn't have a sales page. Like I'm always, I'm all about how can we do this in the most simplest and easiest way? And for me, it was just reaching out to people and asking them. Yeah, I love it. Simple and easy is what makes it sustainable, right? Like we don't always Mm -hmm. have to make it super complicated. And I think one of the scalability traps is that we overcomplicate getting something off the ground and then we never get it off the ground. We haven't really tested it with our market to see, do they want it? And, you know, like starting somewhere really simply gets it off the ground. And then you can do some of the more advanced ways to get it in front of new audiences and get more people's Mm -hmm. eyes on it and grow Mm -hmm. (laughs) the attendance in it rather than trying to make it like this super big thing right out of the gate. Yeah, I also refine it. My monthly recurring revenue has been renamed. It has now got a different ideal client. Like it's changed over time. But Melanie, what I'd really love to chat about now is the difference between coaching in a one-on-one aspect and training a group because this is also something that trips a lot of people up. And I think it's really relevant that we talk about this because it's two very different skill sets. Yeah, I think because one-on-one, it's very easy to, you know, you don't have to be prepared as such. You can show up to a a client session and they will tell you what their issue is and you're able to just run with them. But you can't do that when you're in a group situation. Otherwise, that would be extremely boring for all of the participants on that call. (laughs) You know, you're not likely to be able to sustain a call that way. So how would you describe being, you know, the difference between coaching one-on-one versus coaching in a group? And uh, I should probably disclose that I do a hybrid of this. I am a coach by nature. So teaching was, and learning how to like guide a group through a group experience was a muscle I had to build. Like this was Mm -hmm. not something I just dropped right into. I had to really like 
learn how to do that. And so teaching to me is having some kind of a curriculum or a concept that you're going to guide people through as a group. And there's also a distinction in like when you're doing one-on-one coaching, like you said, you can just show up and see whatever that person wants to work through. I also integrate group coaching, true group coaching where, so in, in my programs, most of the time it's like, okay, I will kick off even if, so one call of the month is teaching and, you know, like giving them exercises and stuff to work through. And then the other call is pure, what I call laser coaching, which I think you refer to, and a lot of people refer to as hot seats. And that's an opportunity. They bring whatever they want. Now you have to be really good with holding the confidentiality and the, Mm -hmm. like, I don't, I want to say the kindness factors, but you have to, you have to bring a different energy to group coaching. Cause Mm -hmm. I know people that have been scorned or chastised and it like burns them so deeply that they don't like group coaching models. They feel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. ridiculed instead of supported. So I work very hard to create a place where everybody benefits from the coaching of somebody in the hot seat. Mm-hmm. I also set very powerful containers about how to show up if you're a listener mm-hmm. and you're not the person in the hot seat. So everybody like oftentimes I'll do a check-in at the end and people are like, well, that thing you coach Kathleen on, or that thing you coached Aaron on or whatever, that's like, they're like, oh my God, that was my aha today. So I think you had to really learn the distinction of how to hold space for somebody in group. You also don't have the intimacy and that trust factor where, you know, like you can go really deep in private coaching and tackle really intimate things and have that trust in place where if you're doing that in a group, you have to navigate that sometimes a little differently to make sure people feel that sense of security, you know? So anyway, I'm very Mm -hmm. conscious of that Mm -hmm. because I get a lot of people who've been burned in other coaching programs who come to my programs for recovery in air quotes, because (laughs) they felt so abused or bullied or Mm -hmm. whatever. And so, I mean, I know it's not never anybody's intention, but that does happen if we don't really know how to hold the container properly. 100%. Anyway, those are a couple of things that I find for me. And I'm just curious if there's anything that you would add to those distinctions. So I think that what's really important to remember is that the, how we deliver needs to be very different. So when we're in a one-on-one coaching, it is true coaching where we're asking for, you know, what's your challenges right now? Or, you know, let's explore your opportunities. And that's a one-on-one conversation. But once you're moving to a group, you need to be a lot more prepared. So you need to understand what is the framework that you're teaching rather than just doing this one-on-one coaching because you need to be able to teach or coach or facilitate a group with this is the framework. Now you're all sort of working within that framework and flowing within that framework. So from a coach perspective, there's a lot more a lot more, what's the word? We need to put some time into developing this rather than just showing up. And I think that this is a something that if you don't get right, it's very difficult to facilitate a group and and keep the focus of the entire group. And secondly, because it does require a bit of time, people can push back from that and say, you know what, it's easier just to coach one-on-one because I don't need to, to pull a framework together rather than learn a whole new, because putting those frameworks together is a whole new skill set. Mm. Yeah. 
I agree. And I'm just thinking like all the people I know who they don't prepare for group coaching, <laughs> they just show oh. up and whatever. Comes <laughs> wow. And that may work in some audiences, but uh-huh. so I want to acknowledge that some people are uber talented at that. And that's not who I am. Like I have to prepare like, like you're suggesting. I, I want to have context that I know I'm, I'm going to guide people through so that I know I'm delivering at the, at the highest level possible. I'm just thinking about what you said, and it's actually given me something that I want to clarify. I actually think we need to do both. And this is what you were talking about before, where you're delivering a training and then you're doing your laser coaching. And I'm the same. I have a hybrid model where I'm training most of the time, but there also does need to be, you know, Q&A sessions or, or some sort of coaching session. So I also do both. Not everything is a framework because we're going to have questions from our clients that relate back to that framework. Yeah. So I like to think of it as like there's phases, there's the delivery of the idea or the concept or the strategy. There's an opportunity for people to reflect on that. Mm -hmm. And then there's the integration of it and Mm -hmm. how in scalable programs, we help them integrate might look differently. Like some people use like automation to make sure that they're implementing, they're checking a box off. So they get to move to like whatever the next curriculum is. Some people are, you know, doing that in Q and a calls. Some people are like, you know, you can post it in our, whatever the online group format is. So there's different ways to do that, but I just would suggest as you're going to move to this model or improve the results you're getting in this model, really think about how you're going to do that last phase. A lot of people don't do it. And that's why group and online and scalable programs fall short in people's minds is there's no integration Mm -hmm. opportunity being delivered by the the coach or the mentor who's hosting the program. So So we might even call that a scalability trap. (laughs) Absolutely. Let's talk about scalability traps because we can get caught just as much in a scalability trap with group coaching as one-on-one if we're not aware of some of those symptoms. What would you say is the first thing that comes up for you? Well, apart from, well, you've already mentioned one. So I guess the second thing that comes up for you. Yeah. Well, I'll just, I don't remember what I mentioned, to be honest. So I'll, I'll come back <laughs> to something that sticks in my mind always. Full disclosure, I interviewed somebody quite a few years ago and she talked about something and I was like, oh yeah, that's it. It's called helicopter coaching. Mm-hmm. And she's a very well-known coach. She only offers uh, scalable, you know, group coaching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she said the one thing that kept her from offering it the longest was overly worrying and hovering over her clients to make sure they were implementing. So they got results. Mm-hmm. You know, there's two ways to look at this, but I love the possibility here is like, there are people who join coaching programs with very little intention of actually like getting a result, but they want Mm -hmm. to be in the energy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that their investment is, I want to invest in being in the energy of other people. Mm -hmm. And she said, when I push on them a need for them to get results and I helicopter coach them to make sure everything's okay, I'm actually taking away from their growth opportunity. Oh my goodness. That is so good. (laughs) Yeah. And so that stuck with me. Now I am a bit of a, you know, I still like to make sure people are implementing and I actually don't like to keep people in my programs who aren't doing anything because I just feel like it drains the energy of the group down, but it's always stuck with me. You know, helicopter coaching is like, okay, let's let people have their experience, 
but let's make sure there's built-in integration opportunities and checkpoints to see, are they actually getting the results they need to get? So that was a huge aha for me. I have another one, but let me just check in with you. What is one of the scalability traps that you see? So one of the scalability traps that I see is people not getting enough clients in their group. So then what happens is they only have a few people. They're like, this is actually harder than one-on-one because they're trying to put people in the group. They are moving to a whole new delivery model because they're themselves transitioning from a one-on-one coach to a one-to-many coach. And they feel like it's harder because they're doing more work. So really we need to think about this as the transition phase because once you've started to unpack your IP and put these frameworks in place, they're able to be replicated. But people can get really caught at the beginning thinking, actually, I'm spending more time on this group coaching than on the one-on-one. So I think this is the, it's just this phase that we need to go through to start to Mm -hmm. unpack that. And then you can start to really pay more attention to getting more people into the group. And I think that's a whole nother marketing conversation around how we can do that. But it is a scalability issue that I see quite a lot. Yeah, no, it's really good. I agree. And and it's like, again, what we focus on is expands. So you focus on like, now, how do I improve the group? That's different than, oh, I don't have people in the group. I'm going to bail on it because it's yeah. not working. Like that's not yeah. really what the evidence is telling you. Exactly. <laughs> Got to read the evidence right. Yeah. I would wrap up with one that, again, I actually was just coaching a client through this not too long ago where. I think another place that we don't do ourselves a service is we don't have enough variance in our price between the group program and the one-on-one. So Mm -hmm. in my experience, when we're introducing these scalable offers, there needs to be quite a big big range between how somebody works with you in the group and how they work with you one-on-one beyond that. Otherwise, they're like, "Uh, it's not that big of a difference. I'll just choose the (laughs) one-on-one. And so you're still stuck in all the one-on-one work and people aren't choosing the group. And so I think really like looking at, there's a moment where we have permission and it is perfectly acceptable to bring the one-on-one up to a point where people have to choose the group nine out of 10 times. And that really protects your time and allows you to scale the reach and have a successful program. Mm. As you were saying that, I just thought of another thing that I know that we didn't talk about before, but I really want to mention it before we finish up. And that is the perception that, or having or thinking that people always want one-on-one mm. because that is not true. I hear this a lot. People say, but you know, they don't see the value of group coaching or they want one-on-one. Myself, nine times out of 10, I would much prefer to be in a group program. So not all participants want one-on-one. Sometimes I do, but actually very rarely. It would be something specific that I would want one-on-one you know, help with. I actually prefer to be part of a group coaching program because I love the energy of the group. I love to be surrounded with people that are going through the same challenges, transitions as I am, the same you know, energy of success that I'm looking for. And also people, this is the clincher, people ask questions that I haven't even thought of. So I get so much more out of being a participant in a group program. So don't think that as a coach, everyone wants to do one-on-one because they don't. Mm. Don't build that bank of evidence. 
Yeah, that's a good one. It's a really good one. I love it. So Melody, what is a resource that you would like to share with people that love this conversation and want to take their business, you know, scale it and go more into group coaching? Yeah, I would really love to share at amplifywithmelanie.com the seven-step framework that I've been using for the last 20 years to add another six figures to your business. And it's all about leverage. Like where do we need to put leverage into our business? And one of those will be like how you're going to design the offering to scale your reach and your impact. And this framework has worked for me over and over and over again. So amplifywithmelanie.com would be the best resource to, to get started, to take what we're talking about today to a whole nother level. What about you, Sam? Absolutely. So for me, I know we talked about some of the, the problems or the challenges that people have going from that one-on-one to the one-to-many. And really, this is about developing and distilling your thought leadership, starting to understand what are the, the frameworks that I'm creating so that I can teach those. So I have a resource at samantharileyglobal forward slash thought leader on how you can begin to develop and distill those that amazing amount of IP that you've got in your head and be able to start to pull it out and put it into frameworks so that you're able to teach it in a group setting. Nice. So if you're loving these tips, we want to make sure that you stay connected. So please follow both myself and Melanie on this platform because we do these shows weekly and we don't want you to miss out. By the way, tag a friend who you think might benefit from this topic today. And we would love to know your thoughts. Have you made the transition to group coaching or what are the questions that you've got around this topic that we can cover on a future episode of Next Level Influence? Melanie, it's been a pleasure to hang out with you here today. As always, I love our conversations and I hope they're inspiring you to take your business to the next level. Absolutely. Ciao. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level Influence. Before you go, would you subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player? We'd love to know what your greatest takeaway was from today's episode. Take a screenshot of the show and share with us on social. And be sure to tag us too so we can connect. Tune in next week for another Next Level Influence episode.